Welcome to Tusker Talk, a podcast from Somer Schools. I'm Amanda Bergen, the district's communications coordinator. Guess what? It's Thursday, I think. It's Thursday. <laughs> that means a superintendent's update with Dr. Raymond Blanche. Hi, Ray. Hi, Amanda. How are you? Let's talk reopening. Reopening, right. We have, we're still on target for the week after spring break. Right. So internally, we are certainly getting our uh, operations ready. There's lots of things, obviously, with furniture, getting our food services team ready, looking at transportation, just all those kind of details. Right now, uh, we uh, are having our next meeting with that subcommittee meeting tonight about how you know, do we most effectively bring those kids back into school. We will start on that too as soon as we come back. I anticipate it's not going to be 100% of all those students coming back on one day. Right. So that group is charged to look at what's the best way and the cadence to bring those children back in the middle school and at the high school. So I fully anticipate that'll be you know, over that week and it might even spill into the next week. We really want to make sure we can do this at a good gradual spate, uh, time coming back so we can make that fit for uh, families. Another piece, just a little, I would say, coming out of that subcommittee as they met last time, the, the idea of allowing families, when we do uh, start reengaging after the break, our kids, obviously uh, this idea about they've engaged in the schools, obviously throughout, you know, the faculty and everybody's done a fantastic job. Kids are in or out, they're engaged in that learning piece. When I mean fully engaged, I mean they're with us fully. Mm-hmm. And so that idea about being with us fully, parents need some time to make those adjustments in their own lives. So we'll start in there. We hope by the end of April that families would have made those decisions by that time frame. It would make the most sense for them to come in. So we'll ease that in. We certainly have heard from a, a number of parents say, look, I'm, I'm going to maybe take a trip in uh, April here for the holiday break. And I, I want to ease back in and make sure I'm doing the quarantine. Absolutely. So we want to meet those family needs. For example, like at the high school, they would like to start bringing the seniors back first. Mm-hmm. So those seniors and those families who say, look, we are ready to come back fully. They're going to start doing that. But they'll have the option in the beginning yes. to remain hybrid. Yes. And so we would say that will hopefully walk itself through the remainder of April and wherever folks need to make those decisions and things. Uh, frankly, we're just about on a year of when we were shut down like overnight. We don't want nor think we should open up fully overnight. So this gives us some the families individual time and the district time to just ease ourselves back into this kind of slowly kind of turn. It's not like just turn the spigot on and off. So we've got to ease into it. So you're having conversations this week with middle school and high school faculty and staff members about reentry and what that will look like. And then next week you have scheduled meetings, Zoom meetings for parents to ask questions. And the middle school Zoom meeting will be on Wednesday the 17th at seven o'clock and the high school meeting will be Thursday the 18th Correct. at seven o'clock. Yes, Amanda, and that will be like when we started back in September. So when we started bringing our students back, lots of great questions, clarifying questions that we had at that point in time, building base, so really wanted to have a conversation specific there. So we'll have that again on the 17th and 18th where our building administrators and members of their team will be available for those questions and answers. We'll go ahead and get that out tomorrow in those Friday flyers coming out of the buildings and continue to publicize that. We would also be asking for anybody that has those questions to kind of send those to the schools ahead of time like we did last time so we can start with a good number of questions and kind of pull those into common themes and address those right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And then after the day after that, we will go ahead and be sending out a follow-up survey now that hopefully we'll be able to, not every question we answer, but hopefully our community has had an opportunity to have more of those questions answered. 
So we'll be asking folks afterwards, where, where do they see themselves now having their students come back in and, and such. Will that survey be binding or will they have another opportunity to make the definitive choice about whether they want their kids in school full-time or e-learning? It really is a, an opportunity for us to operationally prepare. It gives us as much information we can have so we can be prepared for the number of children coming forth. If a parent chooses that they would like to switch one way or the other as we move to this, that's, that certainly will be there. Even the example about a bus. Well, I said yes, I need a bus because I want to reserve a spot. We will have a spot for anybody that needs their, the bus services. It just helps us to plan as effectively as possible. So. so will parents be able to change their mind and move their kids back and forth between 100% in-school hybrid learning and 100% e-learning? What I would say is that's that month of April. We know it's a transition time. I think we're going to see from the numbers that we had asked initially, we've got almost 85% of parents that we've asked said, yes, well, I want my children back five days. So how many families responded to the survey? So percentage-wise, grade seven through 12, we have 85, approximately 85% of the families responded to that survey. So we got a very clear message of continue to work forward, continue to plan, and that's what we've been doing. And so we'll come back with a follow-up survey, again, not binding like we said before, we just need to plan uh, even more effectively. So who now will really think they're gonna use the bus? Again, if folks wanna use the bus at any point in time, we will have the bus available. It just lets us plan, but ch things change and always reach out to the building administration. We wanna make sure we can support our families with those changes, especially during time. One th a lot of things we learned through this in the fall, constant communication with our families, handling situation by situation really helped us all. And, and the, of this is we wanna make sure our kids, wherever they are with us fully or partly, are in a place where we're supporting their needs, socially, emotionally, and obviously academically. Yeah, it's been an evolution. Yes, it has. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay, um, I want to. It's budget time, so I know you've been preparing budgets. Everybody's been working hard on that, and the budget was presented to the Board of Education uh, this past Tuesday. One of the things we're talking about a lot is an energy performance contract bond that we'll be putting out to the voters. Can you explain what that is? The first thing is is that is an opportunity for us to kind of replace some of our equipment in our schools and, and make us. Um, have a better, basically, um, carbon footprint. To do that is a pretty expensive endeavor, and so to bring on additional equipment and such, though, um, we don't have a funding mechanism to do that, nor do we want to go out and ask the community to increase their taxes right now. So we're, we don't, and in this situation, the energy performance contract allows us to do that. So for example, uh, spending approximately, let's say, a million dollars to heat and turn the lights on in the school district. So. If we bring on uh, more uh, modern equipment, more efficient equipment, that will reduce the kind of bills that we have. Well, going through this, we'll, we're going to be able to use those savings to pay off over a number of years the cost for those new lights and the boilers and things. So we take the savings that we have from energy, we pay off the capital that we have there. We don't ask our community to go ahead and forth any additional taxes. In addition, we also, again, reduce our, our carbon footprint. And then when we pay that off in approximately 18 years, then, then those dollars that we've been paying along, then they just come directly to the school district because now we've paid off that, that debt. Again, being smart, the savings, we use to pay off the debt. We're talking about over 7,000 know, LED lights coming across the school district. That's a lot of saving in electricity. Boilers that have been in our district for 50, 60 years being replaced with much more efficient devices. So all of those efficiency save money, 
that savings we use to pay off that debt that we have and then we're able to go ahead and not ask the community for anything more. So I think about, well, why, Ray? Why do you have it on the ballot to begin with anyways, right? Right. In New York State, if we ask our community for this project, the state will actually give us an additional 10% to do this project. And so I know our community is very supportive of green initiatives, and this is a chance to say, why, why, why would we not allow us to do that? If we get additional 10%, that allows us to do a little bit more things inside the project, like better weatherproofing and things, again, saving energy. You're not asking the community to fund $7 million in new boilers and light bulbs, but you have to ask the community to approve this plan in order to get extra money from the state. Right. Without that approval, uh, mo many districts don't go for this approval. It all has to deal with a lot of the timing when you do this. So many districts don't. It's just done from the board table. In this particular case, we've tried to work it so that we can get those additional dollars once again to just make as big of an impact in our schools as we can. Zero impact on the taxes for our community, but perhaps another 10% coming in on the project to again just make our district all that much more energy efficient. Okay, that's it for our Thursday Superintendent's Update. Thank you, Ray. Thanks, Amanda. See you next week. See you next week.